Welcome to UberCube, the podcast where we discuss all things Cube, but with refreshments. This is your host, Anthony Adams, a.k.a. UberBear, and I am joined tonight by not one, but two special guests. Uh, we've got uh, Christian Anderson, who was a previous guest on the show. He uh, was recently in our poker episode, in addition to our Cube Essentials episode. Without uh, further introduction of Mr. Christian, who's well-known to the community, we've got a new individual who's joined our team. His name is... I'm Nathan Black. Uh, I've been playing Magic since 1994, shortly after it was <laughs> it was released. My first experience with Cube was actually, I tried to build my own uh, four of Cube with commons and uncommons. It was really fun to play, but it really was not officially a Cube. Uh, it wasn't until I met Anthony we actually got to try uh, you know some of his amazing cubes that I really was got uh, interested in the concept. But I've been playing off and on since I think I took a break during Mercadian Masks through 8th edition. But that's pretty much it. I've been playing Magic that whole time and I very much enjoy it. Yeah, so Nathan and Christian and Stu and all of us, we're... Uh... You know, they're part of our playgroup, and we wanted to do something uh, different. This podcast was meant to be a community podcast, and, and and that being said, it's also, far as I'm concerned, it's part of my friend circle, too. So I want to give everybody a chance, have the opportunity, and we wanted to create diversity of insight here at UberCube. So it's not all single-threaded, just both my both myself and Stu's opinions on Cube. We wanted to get the feel and look of our, our players and other other curators in our group. So that being said, before we go into the topic, we're going to do the thing that we always do here at UberCube, and we're going to enjoy our libations of the show. Uh, Christian, what are you having this evening? I am having a Hopsecutioner by Terrapin. It is a great beer. Just fantastic. And Nathan, what are you having? I'm having a tall glass of water, uh, much like myself. And that is super refreshing. And I am having Depth Perception by Terrapin. Let's go ahead and crack these suckers open. Let's get the get to the show. All right. Before we get doing this, we're going to do something a little interesting here. I'm going to kick the show off. But in order to pay homage to Christian Anderson, it's going to be his Bant's Enchantment Cube that we're covering tonight. Or I believe I said that right, Bant Enchantment Cube. He's going to be the curator. And to do something a little different here, uh, both he and Nathan are going to be your host for the evening. But in order to set the tone for this particular podcast, I wanted to start out with a little quote to help set the mood. It's going to be from Homer of the Odyssey. If only the gods are willing, they rule the vaulting skies. They're stronger than I plan and drive things home. That being said, I'm going to pass the microphone over to your guest host for this evening. As Anthony mentioned, I'm going to be one of your special uh, hosts tonight, and I'm Christian Anderson. This is my Bant Enchantment Cube, and uh, I really, really like the uh, Theros block because I'm a big proponent for the you know mythology and all that behind it. And so you can't have an Enchantment Cube without a bunch of Enchantment Creatures, and that's where they were based out of. And so I have 58 and different enchantment creatures in here. For this cube, I wanted to try to avoid hexproof and protection to kind of really give the players agency to actually enchant their creatures, actually get a chance to play with them. It's just a lot harder to deal with the hexproof, and it can just really lead to some feel-bads and just really can suck the fun out of it. 
The removal at this cube is at a premium. A lot of enchantment removal, enchantment-based removal in here. And a lot of the removal, you know, if you're going to remove something, you're going to give your opponent something. So it's going to come at a cost. It's also very heavy with auras, or gifts from the gods only to the devoted. If you're going to have an enchantment cube, you have to have bestow. And bestow is a keyword ability that was introduced in Theros. And it's connected to God theme of the set. What that does is all the creatures within with Bestow, they have, you can play it as an enchantment creature, or you can pay the Bestow cost. And that allows you to basically play it as an aura and attach it onto a creature. Then if that creature that you have enchanted it on dies, it will fall off and then become an enchantment creature itself. One of the other things that is featured in Cube Heavily is Constellation. And Constellation is a ability that will trigger when an enchantment enters the battlefield. And just kind of giving an extra bonus for that. And uh, I have a table here. This is uh, in the show notes. You can look. I have a total of 94 creatures out of my 180 cards in the cube. Then there's also 93 enchantments out of that 80, 180. So there's a lot of enchantments. You'll get a lot for all the payoffs that you can have with the enchantment cube. You have enchantresses in there. You have all that. I'll give it over to Nathan to cover some of the mechanics and archetypes granted by the gods. All right. Um, as as uh, Christian said, uh, I also am a huge fan of enchantments. Love uh, this concept of like the gods bestowing these things on the on their their devoted. And uh, when you kind of break this down, you go into like uh, the colors. White gives you lifelink and double strike. Those are two very powerful abilities. Uh, not a lot of them have both, but when they do, it's it can be very swingy in games. Blue is going to be your flying. That's going to be your card draw. Uh, you need a lot of card draw to make sure you can just plow through that deck as soon as you can and just kind of really uh, take care of your opponent. This, as he mentioned earlier, this has got a lot of interaction because a lot of things don't have hexproof or shroud. So, you know, when you get that card that can take out a card of theirs, you just do it. You just go ahead and keep doing that. Green, you have Trample and Reach, and then, of course, Pulse Humble Encounters, which, you know, obviously can get out of hand <laughs> if they're not stopped. But, you know, there's a lot of great uh, removal in here, as we'll get to in a little while. Uh, Celestia is going to be your ramp. That's going to also be a lot of Constellation and Control. Uh, Constellation, a lot of times, especially with certain cards, allow you to get more card draw for green, which is something green didn't do for a long time. But Constellation really allows you to do that, because uh, when those, those enchantments come into play... They recognize each other and you get this constellation effect, which is sometimes a drawing a card or uh, something else that might benefit your whole team. Azorius, Bestow. Bestow is a fantastic ability. Uh, being able to change, you know, enchant something and then when it does die, you still get something out of it. Uh, as he said, you know, using those, uh, some of those, some of the removal spells that take care of something, but they give your opponent something else uh, is, is, kind of, is great. And, you know, control has always been something Azorius has been good with and tempo. Uh, they can definitely... Uh, keep up with uh, kind of I wouldn't say the game we get slowed down but you know when you have an aggro deck you know Azorius is there to stop it to kind of slow it down a little bit and then Simic you've also got ramp uh, constellation bestow some encounters and control people said over the years that Simic is a little too good I'm gonna probably agree with that Simic has kind of gotten a little (laughs) bit out of hand Um, but you know it's it's funny because you list all these different things for the different color combinations and then Simic gets all of them (laughs) so yeah, no, I mean, Simic's not too busted. It's fine, it's fine. It, I'm sure it'll be great. If you're having a enchantment cube, 
you want to have the gods. And the gods are, they control all things mortal in this 180 cube. So I have gods and demigods in here. And uh, we have another quote. Fear to the wrath of the heavens, lest the gods should be displeased and turn upon you. Homer from the Odyssey. I have a hand-selected few gods in here. And there's also some demigods. Um, If you want to cover the first one here, Nathan. Sure. Uh, The first one is Heliod, which is uh, Zeus himself. Uh, Your indestructible 5-6 for three colors and one white. Uh, As long as your devotion to white is less than five, Heliod isn't a creature. So it starts off as a legendary enchantment. Other creatures you control have Vigilance, very popular and powerful with white. And then two colors and two white, put a 2-1 white cleric enchantment creature token onto the battlefield. So you can sit there building up an army with Helia, just him by himself without even having the devotion that you need. So he's a really great card. And I do love the reference to Zeus with him. Yeah. And it also, pumping out those creatures, those are also enchantment creatures. So you can hit off your enchantresses and your constellations with that too. Heliod is just out the park here. Next one we're going to cover is uh, Thassa, the god of the sea. Um, She's a 5-5 indestructible god for two colorless and one blue and then at the beginning of your upkeep you get to scry one you wouldn't think that's that great but that can really change around the game absolutely i run thassa in my merfolk deck uh it's the other ability at the bottom there it's uh, one colorless and one blue target creature control can't be blocked this turn which can be incredibly powerful uh, you know, the one fear that we have when you've got these gods in here is they are indestructible. So, you know, the destruction ability is not going to do anything to them. So there's a lot of good um, exile removal in here uh, to take care of those. With uh, I think you use cards like uh, Oblivion Ring and those sorts of things to take care of the gods because there's no other way to take care of a god is than exiling them pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Definitely had to make sure that you had some agency to remove the gods if you have them in there so i have things like i have a path to exile again that's probably the most premium removal you're going to get out of this set or this cube and then you have other things like you know enchantment based removal that you can flash in and that will exile something we'll cover some more of that later on you have to have ways to deal with gods if you're going to put them in there the next one we'll cover is nylia the god of the hunt and she is a 6-6 six, six indestructible, and as long as your devotion for green is less than 5, it isn't a creature. So once you get up to 5, you can start swinging in, and other creatures you control have trample. And then the bottom ability is for 3 and a green, target creature gets plus 2, plus 2 till end of the turn. Think, Nathan, you used this to pretty great effect <laughs> against me, a, a game that we played recently. Yeah, it's uh, there's something pretty darn strong of giving everything you control trample. Uh, it's pretty much green's only real way of getting around things is, uh, okay, well, they're not going to be able to fly over it, and they're not going to be sneaky around it. They're just going to squash it. They're just going to pretty much flatten it and then do all the damage to the player. Uh, yeah, I love Nylia, uh, and uh, I also really love Thassa. You know, Nylia is another great callback to like, Goddess of War, and uh, Thassa will be the god of the sea. It even says god of the sea. Uh, and I really, really like the fact that they have her with a bow and arrow painted across the sky with that kind of constellation look. So uh, we got a couple of demigods in here as well. Uh, one of the ones I, I really enjoy, uh, Renata, called to the hunt, is two colors and two green for a, her power is equal to your devotion to green. So she comes out as a two, three, her toughness is three. Each other creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional puzzle tool encounter on it. So, you know, getting her down as quick as you can and then just playing a ton of creatures, it you really get out of hand really fast. And the fact that she's an enchantment creature, she double dips. 
Um, and it does, you know, the thing uh, about enchantment creatures that's really great is that you want to make sure that they, if you're, you're, when you double dip like that, it makes them more vulnerable. So, you know, a card that destroys target enchantment destroys anything. But uh, again, like your gods, they're indestructible. So, you know, all that destruction, that's the one thing I would say that might be a minor complaint is that the cards that say destroy target is like, okay, well, those don't work at all against the gods. But I mean, that's what you'd expect to be the case. So. Yeah. All right. And so we do have another demigod in here. Um, I went with Cathriel. I'm probably pronouncing that right. Sorry if I'm not. <laughs> um, it's Beloved of the Sea. And that's for one generic and two blue. You get a star three. Cathriel's power is equal to your devotion to blue. And this one has a ability that says creatures and enchantments you control have spells your opponents cast to target this permanent cost one more to cast that's essentially ward and that can <laughs> really really muck up things for you yeah i mean uh ward is one of those abilities that i think uh wizard of the coast kind of was like you know what hexproof is too strong we're gonna go with ward instead and it's it's a it's a more balanced ability for sure especially if you're sitting there uh trying to take care of something that path to exile that you have is now a colorless and a white to take care of that pro that problem that you have, and and you know that's it, it might not seem like much, but you know you can definitely that it's it's like the mana mana leak ability or man, I'm sorry mana tithe ability the mana tithe ability where you just never expect no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but uh, so the next one of the gods that are that are listed there is Ephara, god of the polis. It's two colors, one white and one blue for a six five indestructible. As long as your devotion to white and blue is less than seven. Afara isn't a creature. The beginning of your upkeep, if you had another creature enter the battlefield under your control last turn, draw a card. This is a very, I would say this is a little bit of a more narrow god. It has, it definitely has its effect. But again, once you get to the double color, you start to, you know, that getting up to seven is a little bit more difficult. So it's going to be an enchantment for a lot longer, wouldn't you say? Yeah. And it also, it does, uh, just a slight correction, it, it is each upkeep. So mm. you can, <laughs> you have a way to create creatures on somebody else's turn. So you can get, you know, multiple card draws. But if nothing else, you're at least going to be able to get the card draw from your turn. So it's, it, it can actually represent quite a bit of card draw if you really, you know, build your deck out right. The next one we're going to cover is Crufix, the God of Horizons. And this is for three colorless and a green and a blue. It's indestructible, as all the gods are. And as long as your devotion to green and blue is less than seven, it isn't a creature. This one has, you have no maximum hand size. And the kicker here, why you really want this is, if unused mana were to empty from your mana pool, that mana becomes colorless instead. You don't have, you don't need to use all your mana on your turn. You just tap it all. And guess what? <laughs> You've stored up some mana. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, it's again, it's Simic colors, blue-green. So they're like, okay, let's give Simic some more power because, you know, it needs it. Um, but yeah, you can... Uh, keep pumping that up into uh, that big X spell that you want to cast the next turn. You can just keep tapping it and floating it for a while, and they might think you've got nothing to do with it, and you might not. But still having that ability to float it all could be really helpful. So we're going to get to our, our next section here. Gods bestow gifts. So here's another quote, uh, which is, Worthy of the respect of the immortal gods is the man who comes as a wanderer, as I now approach your current and your knees, having suffered much. Pretty dark, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's uh, that's uh, you know that's Greek mythology for you. Uh, so the first one of these uh, bestow cards is uh, one of my favorites. Uh, if it's okay, I introduce this one. I kind of okay. jumped in. Yeah, uh, it's the fine. Eidolon of Countless Battles. It's one colorless and white, white for a zero zero. Its bestow cost is two colorless and two white. 
Uh, Idle land of countless battles uh, and en enchanted creature get plus one plus one for each creature you control and plus one plus one for each aura you control. So I play uh, Rule the Miststalker. I've played it for a very long time as a commander, and I love this card because it double dips and it just gets huge. You put it on Earl himself, and he's he's a force to be reckoned with anyway, but he's just that much scarier <laughs> with this Eidolon of countless battles. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about something that getting out of hand quickly? This card, I mean, if you don't have an answer for this, this is this is your inevitable demise for sure. <laughs> Another one that we're going to cover is uh, Ghostblade Eidolon, which is two colorless and a white for a 1-1 one, one double striker. It has a bestow cost of five and one white, and then gives that ability to the enchanted creature. It gives plus one, plus one double strike. Double strike, you want to talk about something that's going to end somebody's game quickly? <laughs> That'll do it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, with the bestow effect being five colors and one white, uh, one problem that I have personally as a player is I look at it and I really want to bestow it on something. I want to give something for something and double strike. But, you know, especially if the game is moving along real fast, you might just want to get that Two colors, one white for a 1-1 one, one double strike out there. That's going to help you. It's going to take out anything two toughness or less, uh, especially if you just start getting assaulted. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's probably a, one issue that I would have is I want to kind of ramp to that six. And, you know, with uh, if you're playing white-blue, you're probably going to get there. But if you play white-green, you might get there. I mean, yeah, that would probably be my, my only issue with it. But I uh, the next one we have actually going on is the Observant Alcide, which is a two colors, one white for a 2-2 two -two bestow is four colorless and one white. So it's just a two colorless more to bestow it on something. It's Vigilance and it gives Enchanted Creature plus two plus two in Vigilance. So I kind of like it uh, thematically and I like that it sort of hops on its back. You know, it gives its power and toughness bonus to the other thing as well as the Vigilance itself. Um, I don't know necessarily power-wise how strong it is, but I think uh, enchantment creatures, you have to reach a certain level. Like you need, you need to have a lot in here so that you can get that double dip of the enchantment creature. Yeah, and I mean, that is the, the, the problem with this cube <laughs> is there's been very few sets that have a lot of the enchantment creatures in there. Really trying to dig into the enchantment creature part of it. So it leads to some, you know, subpar creatures that get in here because I just really want to have that density of enchantment creatures in here. And the next one we're going to cover is we'll cover the Celestial Archon. And this is for three uh, colors and two white. You get a 4-4 four, four flying first strike. And then you can bestow that for seven. And, you know, that's a pretty hefty cost. But, again, you have the option to either bestow or to equip other auras onto this. And flying first strike, just... <laughs> yeah. Watch out. <laughs> well, and this is another great card that kind of uh, shows where the ramp has gone. I mean, uh, back in olden days, that three colors and two white for a 4-4 four, four flying with Vigilance was good old Sarah Angel. And I'll admit it, this is a rare, but it's same power and toughness, same casting costs. And now you have flying and first strike, which arguably I would say is way better than Vigilance. <laughs> I mean, yes, you would love to be able to, to, to attack and block at the same time. But yeah, Celestial Archon is a is a really fun, it's a, it's a really good boost for a creature as well. But again, seven. So you're, you know, you, you got to build up to that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's base cost is great. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of wonder if you, if you got some 2020 Bestow creatures, how much different those Bestow costs would actually be. <laughs> because like... <laughs> Anything, you know, 2020 20 and on, it seems like they're just like 
pushing the power on these cars. So <laughs> I, I have to imagine if they do bestow again, it's going to be a little bit more. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a little bit more favorable for the bestow cost, and it will be much better. Uh, the next one we want to cover here is Hypnox Siren. And this one's an interesting one because it's one blue for a one one fire. But if you bestow it for seven, you can basically mind control somebody else's creature. So it's a high cost to do that, but you can just like snatch in and grab somebody's creature. Well, and, and the really funny thing about that is, you know, stealing your opponent's creature can be fun and kind of, it can make some people a little salty, but uh, it also gives it plus one plus one in flying. So that creature that they had been wanting to attack you with, all of a sudden you can attack them with it and they can't block. So it uh, it's kind of brutal on two levels there. <laughs> Uh, but again, it's it is a huge difference between the main casting cost of one, which you want to get when you're you just want to get in there and just start start attacking for one, or do you want to wait? Do you want to take that time to spill, build up that mana so that you can steal their best thing and attack them back? Uh, the next one on here actually is uh, Flitterstep Eidolon, which is one colorless, one blue for a one one. It is an enchantment creature spirit. A soft place in my heart for this one. <laughs> nice. Bestow nice. um, <laughs> uh, cost is five colorless and one blue. Flitterstep Eidolon can't be blocked. So one one that can't be blocked, eh, it's not so bad. Bestowing it on anything else is a little bit scarier as it gives it plus one plus one and can't be blocked. <laughs> yeah, and just imagine some of the auras that you clap, clip onto that and you, you're you off to the races, something that can't be blocked and you're just drawing cards all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm here for that. <laughs> we'll jump down to uh, Boon Seder. Um, that's a one of the few ones in green. It's kind of weird. There was not a lot of good green um, bestow creatures in here, so there's not a whole lot of them. But this one has one colorless and two green for a 4-2 with flash. And then the bestow cost is three generic and two green. You flash that in, somebody's attacking. (laughs) They think they're going to get through. It's like, all right, that's cool. (laughs) I'll block, and I'm going to flash this in and bestow that all right on there. (laughs) Right. Get wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> it also uh, is reminiscent. Uh, I, I really enjoy the, the concept of like giving your creature steroids, especially when your opponent doesn't know it's going to happen. And a flash enchantment, you know, we didn't see a lot of flash enchantments for a really long time. And now these are starting to come up. You're starting to see these O-ring type cards that have flash on them. Like this, there was a new one that came out of, in the new Dominary United that was five colors and one white, but it's one colors less for each basic land type you control. But it also has flash and you can exile anything and just keep it out there. Ley lines binding. Yes, there's the name. <laughs> I can tell, tell you the card sometimes and cannot tell you the name of it. But this this next one, uh, Christian and I both share uh, share a, uh, a passion for cats. And it's yeah, yeah. three colorless and one green for a 3-3 three, three enchantment creature cat. Uh, the bestow cost is five colorless and one green, but it's trample. An enchantment creature gets plus three, plus three, and has trample. This one, again, near and dear to my heart because I love, I love cats. I have a cat deck um, and very much enjoyed playing it for a long time until it Unfortunately, uh, in a regular cat deck, got a little bit, uh, there was just too many good cats coming out, so <laughs> right. it kind of got pushed out, but it's fantastic for this cube with that in- the enchantment ability as well. All right, and then our last one in this category is kind of saved the best for last, uh, in my opinion. This is uh, Kessia Curivator. Curivator? I don't know. Cult- Cultivator? Cultivator. Wow, I really <laughs> messed that up. That was great. It is one generic and uh, bant. And you get a 4-4 that has whenever an enchanted creature or enchantment creature you control attacks, draw a card. You you think you're going to have a little bit of luck with that in this deck? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I imagine you probably will just a few times. Uh, four, I mean, it's the thing what I, that I would say, you know, in a lot of times with, with this kind of color combination, once you get to three colors, especially in cube, you know, that it gets, you're going to get past, this one's going to pass around a few times because this takes a commitment. You're probably going to be playing all three colors, so you're probably going to want to take it. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's green, it's white, and it's blue. It is great. I love the fact that when it attacks, you draw a card. You don't have to deal the damage which a lot of those cards require you to deal the damage. But that would be my only problem is I would pass this a bunch of times because I'm like, this costs all three colors, even though it is you know, strong. I would have to disagree with you there. For me, I'm, I'm, I'm first picking this most of the time. I'm just going in and going hard for that, trying to get all the mana fixing I can get and trying to play this just so I can just get those cards. Because, you know, what's sweeter than the words, draw a card? <laughs> All right, so next we're going to go into Constellations. God of the Golden One, why have you come? A beloved, honored friend, but it's been so long. Your visit's much too rare. Tell me what's on your mind. I'm eager to do it. Whatever I can do, whatever can be done. All right, that's... uh... <clears throat> that reminded me of church. <laughs> um, so uh, these constellation cards, these are fun. We talked about these a little bit at the very beginning. Uh, this one, this first one is a good one. It's a pious wayfarer. It's one white for a one, two. So it's base begin. Uh, stats are actually pretty decent for, for one mana uh, casting in there. Uh, constellation is whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, target creature gets plus one plus one until the end of turn. This one is one of those ones that like, I, you know, I probably pass it around a few more times because it doesn't have a permanent, like plus one plus one counter, I jump right on it. But if it's something that gives it a temporary plus one plus one, I, I probably pass this one along. I don't know how you feel about this. <laughs> For the one drops, this is kind of a really good thing. I, I, would, I would pick this up a little bit more, a little bit more highly just because I get that extra right away. And like you're, you're casting this next turn. You cast an enchantment. Next, after that, probably casting another enchantment. And you're just quickly out of the gate, getting in the extra damage. Yeah, I think my only thing with that is that since it is uh, just, you know, it's per enchantment. So it just depends on, on your, your density. Obviously, you've got a lot of enchantments in this deck. But how many do you play per turn? Do you play one per turn? So you get a plus one, plus one every turn? That's that's my thought is that, you know, ramping up, especially with like the plus one, plus one counters, those are permanent. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger, but again, it becomes a bigger target. So that's that's my last part about that. <laughs> but the next one on the list here, if you're okay with it, uh, is uh, a, this one's one of my absolute favorites. Archon of Sun's Grace. Two colorless and two white for a 3-4. This is an Archon uh, that looks very much like a Pegasus. <laughs> it's flying, lifelink. Pegasus creatures you control have lifelink. Constellation is whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, create a 2-2 white Pegasus creature token with flying. Yeah, that's that's pretty darn strong. You're making flyers every turn that are two twos, and they all have lifelink. You ended up uh, just bringing out a ton of creatures, and you're going to swing life very quickly. This is a huge target. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, this one, the, the problem is you're not like... This one's going to get removed as quickly <laughs> as someone can because, yeah, that, that is just such a powerful thing. The next one we're going to cover is the Triton Wave Rider, and this is a Merfolk Wizard for three generic and one colors, and it has Constellation. Whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, Triton Wave Rider gains flying in the cylinder turn. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know this is actually a perfect target for that that flash enchantment we were talking about earlier. You know, this is a creature. You all of a sudden you flash it, give it plus four, plus two, and it has flying now. 
So now it is now a seven five flying for that turn at least. Yeah, they they got to deal with that. That's a lot of damage, especially with twenty life. Unlike the uh, commander games of forty life. Yeah, it's that's it's very powerful. Uh, the next one we got on here actually. This one, every time I see it, I want it to die. <laughs> and that's what I did for it every single time I saw it in the game. Uh, it's super powerful. Why? I don't understand. <laughs> no, it's a great inclusion because it's a very good card. And, you, uh, and people don't recognize it always at the beginning. It's They have to play against it and go, oh, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> so this is what I was talking about earlier about that plus one plus one counter. So this one is two colors and one green for Setesan Champion. It is, it's base stats are one, three, which are okay. But the constellation here is uh, whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on Setesan Champion and draw a card. The plus one's encounter is strong enough, but you draw a card every time too in green. Yep, getting it every time. If I if I have a, anything to target it, it's going it's going down. I mean, why are you gonna do that to me, Nathan? <laughs> I I just wanna grow my creatures indefinitely and draw my cards. I don't I don't understand. Next, we're gonna cover Eidolon of Blossoms, and this is two generic and two green. And the constellation here is whatever Eidolon of Blossoms or another enchantment enters the battlefield, you draw a card. We've said it a thousand times here <laughs> on Ubercube. The best words in magic. Draw a card. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is another one that goes in all of the enchantment decks that I have. Uh, just I have, I have one that plays four ofs, which I know Anthony doesn't approve of, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> no era. Uh, we, uh, for uh, Constellation, uh, it's just, and it, they stack on each other so great. Having two of them in play every... Every enchantment draws you two cards, and they just keep stacking and stacking. And there's a lot of uh, enchantresses, which we're going to get into next after this group. But uh, yeah, just that ability, whenever an enchantment hits the battlefield, draw a card. It's a very simple concept, but very, very strong. Now, the thing is, you know, with this guy, it's two colors and two green for a 2-2. So it is, for power and toughness, it's not that strong. But, you know, again, it's just a great card. Uh, the, the next one we're going to cover is uh, Eutropia, the Twice Favored. And this one uh, also can get out of control. And what do you know? It's Simic colors again. Uh, one colors, <laughs> one green, one blue for a 2-2 constellation. Whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under control, put up a plus one counter on target creature. That creature gains flying until the end of turn. So this is just exponentially better than that other one because it gives a plus one plus one counter that doesn't go away. It gets flying until the end of turn, but it does cost two colors. This next section is the gifts from the gods, and this is going to be the enchantresses. I'm just going to list a few of these, and we'll cover one exclusively. The last one, Mesa's Enchantress. That one's in all white. We got the Eidolon of Blossoms, and then we have Sithis, Hand of Hardest, and that one's in Selesnia. And these all draw you a card whenever you play Enchantment, with the exception of Sithis, which when you play an Enchantment, you also gain a life and draw that card. Important to know the Mesa Enchantress is the color shifted version of Yavamaya Enchantress from the original magic was one colors and two green, same effects. Uh, you can have both of them in here, but like you said, you know, there there is a point when you if you overload on one type of card, you know, everybody's drawing. I mean, I mean, sure, let's share the party, everybody draw cards. <laughs> it's great. But you can you when a 40-card environment, you could technically draw yourself out. So there is there can be too much of a good thing in some cases. The the last one in this group uh, is actually from one of the uh, commander decks. This one is Tuvasa the Sunlit. One green, one white, one blue, or bant. Uh, Tuvasa the Sunlit gets plus one plus one for each enchantment you control. Whenever you cast your first enchantment each turn, draw a card. Now, the important thing is with this one is you say first enchantment each turn. 
So if you have those flash enchantments, if you have those ways to do things during your opponent's turn, you get your two for one. You get it once during your turn, and then you wait, get that flash enchantment in, and you get it, draw another card during their turn, too. It's great. It's an enchantment cube. You're going to have a lot of enchantments. So the power and toughness of this thing is going to skyrocket fast if you can't deal with it. So that, that's going to cover our enchantress section there. And now we're going to move on to the favor of the gods. So these are uh, creatures that in, in all cases, the, well, I should say two out of three cases, these are enchantment creatures. So transcendent envoy, which is one colorless, one white for an enchantment creature, griffin. Uh, it's flying, so it is a 1-2 flying. Uh, aura spells you cast cost one colorless less to cast. So, I mean, again, you've got tons of auras in here, and you have bestow cards in here. So this is really important to get that in there. And I think probably what we may see in the future, if they do bring bestow back as a mechanic, is you might see ones that say bestow effects cost two colorless less to cast, because they will you know, encourage you to try to play a little quicker. That's just a speculation. But <laughs> right. And then we got Nyad of the Hidden Cloves. And this one is, as long as it's not your turn, spells you you cast cost one less to cast. This one, I'll admit it, I, I, I'm working on getting the density of stuff to cast on your opponent's turn up and trying to battle with that to make this more prevalent. It's still pretty good if you got some things that you can cast at instant speed or flash and just get that out there. Um, have you considered Leyland of Anticipation? Because if they do that, then everything they cast, they could do on their opponent's turn. So that's that's one possible option. Ley I mean, but that does open the door to ley lines. Do you want to have all the ley lines in after that? Probably, maybe not. They're strong, but uh, but yeah. So the last one in that group is Herald of the Pantheon, which is the same as the other two. Enchantment spells cost one colorless less to cast, but whenever you cast an enchantment, you gain one life, and it is a two-two for two. It's one colorless, one green. So uh, it's you know nice little bear here. Uh, it does uh, we 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 love bears here at Uber Cube because you know Uber Bear, uh, and uh, you know that one life. You know it, it's funny because you don't think that that one little life here and there is going to make a difference, but it really can, especially yeah. towards the very end. Yeah, and I just want to go back to the ley lines. I think that 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 could be something I could consider in the future. That uh, that would be a w good way to increase the amount of flash that you get in the cube. This is Uber Bear from the future, and he has an opinion on this particular <laughs> subject, sitting on the sidelines. We'll sit on the sidelines no longer. The only reason why I don't run enchantments like that, they kind of fall into the same trap type effect, say, of Explorations, or excuse me, Explorers, or Exploration, excuse me. Uh, those type cards, they don't do anything outside of their spectrum. They can't attack, they can't block, they don't change the game, all they do is quicken the pace. They're more EDH-centric, in my personal opinion. I can see their points, but adding cards in here, that simply statically just increase the rate of one player also would give it a strategic advantage to one side of the table and the other one would not have it. Uber Bear out. <laughs> the following was a sponsored <laughs> segment brought to you by Ubercube. <laughs> <laughs> so that covers that section. Now we're going to move into the chosen of the gods. And these are going to be creatures that you just really want to enchant something on to. You want to throw those auras on. You want to bestow this on here. Yeah, this is another one of my favorites from my uh, enchantment decks. Uh, it's the Elderwood Scion. Three colors, one green and one white for a 4-4 trample lifelink. So its base stats are great. It is trampled and lifelink. Spells you cast that target it cost two colors less to cast. Spells your opponents cast that target it cost two colors more to cast. So it basically has ward. Uh, before Ward was a thing. 
And wow, you can get this thing very big very quickly and it can get very scary. That, that, that card is insane. Instant pickup for me. The next one is uh, Fang of Shigeki. I think I'm pronouncing that right. For a single green, you get a enchantment creature that is a 1-1 Death Toucher. What more do you really want out of a creature that you want to chance on than Death Touch for one? Absolutely. You put first strike <laughs> on it and nothing can block it. First strike on it, nothing blocks it. Uh, but you know you also can use that as that's a rattlesnake card. You can sit there and use that as your defender while you you know attack with something big because they're like I don't want to get my giant creature bitten by the fang. Um, but uh, and the last one in this little group is the Illum- Illuminator Virtuoso, which is one colorless and one white for a one one double strike. Very important word. When Illuminator Virtuoso becomes the target of a spell you control, it connives. Uh, we have seen conniving being an incredibly powerful ability that just ticks up so well. And again, when you're starting at a 1-1 double strike, anything that, that's going to increase that power and toughness built into the card, it's, it's just a great card, great inclusion. Guess, guess what, you know, enchanting and throwing auras and bestowing is. That, that, that's targeting that creature. You're conniving every time you try to enchant this or throw an aura on or do anything. And I, I speak from experience, can get it out of hand. You, Absolutely. you may know yeah, that yep, from experience yep, sure as well. Do. Okay, sure yeah, let, okay. It, let it go the first time. Okay, <laughs> yep. <laughs> we'll and that, 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 that'll wrap up that section right there. And now we have the gods take of the way, the smite of the god. Ah, how shameless these mortals blame the gods. From us alone, they say, come all their miseries, yes. But they themselves, with their own reckless ways, compound their plans beyond their proper share. So, yeah, removal is at a premium. And with this, this is, yeah. I mean, you, you want to have cards that take care of enchantments. You know, uh, mass removal is at a premium. Too much removal, and you want, basically, you, you don't want to disable the effectiveness of auras. Because that's one of the thing about an aura. It's so much fun to be able to enchant a creature, but you are risking a lot. The more auras you put on that one creature, it becomes a two for one, a three for one, a four for one. And if you put all that on one creature, exactly, that's the reason why there's no hexproof and protection in here. They're basically left vulnerable so that you, you, you can interact with them. You have the option to interact with these. There's a few enchantments that I have in here that will specifically exile some creatures, which we referenced earlier for the gods. And that is, we have Prayer of Binding, Cast Out, and uh, Elspeth Conquers Death. Those three are some of the premium removals you get for those gods. They will exile that creature. And you know the two enchantment ones, they can be removed themselves, and you'll get it back, but still, it does that has that exile feature, and it can just deal with those gods. So they're primo picks in my yeah. opinion. No, absolutely. I mean, you you have any anything that has that oblivion ring effect where it comes, the enchantment comes into play, and that other non-land permanent is exiled. It's 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 great. It's an automatic pickup for me too. You just you can deal with any problem that you have in the game. Now, again, this is a set where you can take care of enchantments, but it's not. You, you didn't overload it with ways to destroy enchantments, which is good because, you know, if you put something like a Tranquility in there, nobody's going to play your game ever again because they're going to be like, wow, that just ended the game and um, I really don't want to play anymore. And that's what uh, Uber Bear talks about all the time is, you know, replayability. Uh, some of these uh, ones on here. So uh, actually, I'll, I'll recall a <laughs> recent game that we played with this yeah. <laughs> where uh, in, in the process of one game, 
One of my creatures was Beast Within because it was threatening. Another creature was Rapid Hybridization, which are also in here as well. In each of these, I got a 3-3 creature. Eventually, that was the death of Christian because those 3-3 three, three creatures <laughs> managed to beat him down. But he took care of the, the, the threat, but, the, but ended up, you know, unfortunately, you give your opponent something. So you're, you give and receive, and the receipt was not so great. <laughs> yeah, and despite even that loss, I have now recently <laughs> included generous gift to <laughs> add in there. Because I really like the idea of you're removing something of somebody's, but you're also then giving them something. And it's a creature. It's a 3-3 creature. That's not a bad body. And guess what? You can throw enchantments on there, too. And you that could actually be the death of you. We ha still have some other re removal in here that you can use. One that I really like is the Feldar Cub. It's one generic and a white, and you can sacrifice Feldar Cub to destroy target enchantments. It's a 2-2, and it's just, you can do that at instant speed, and... It's just great. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times I tend to use it. I, I just will play it like an, a disenchant. Like, I'll play it, sack it immediately. I've got rid of that problem. But, you know, the nice thing is you get it early on, too, for a 2-2 is not a bad exchange. So you can just trade with your opponent a few times. And now you, they've got that rattlesnake on the field. They're like, okay, I know the next enchantment I play is what he's going to probably destroy. But, I mean, that could be political, too. You can hold on to it and keep it there for a while. But uh, one of the, the great ones on here, so there's a, a lot of these great green removal and the first one is the Bamboo Grove Archer, which is one colorless and one uh, green for a 3-3. Three, three. That's right, a 3-3 three, three for two. Defender and Reach, so very strong though. Early on gets gets a lot of those little things out of the way. You can It has the ability of Channel, which is four colorless and one green. Discard Bamboo Grove Archer and destroy target creature with flying. So yeah, that is, I mean, a great ability. There's uh, you know, flying is sometimes the only thing green can't handle. So to have this in there and have both abilities with it, because it has reach too, so it can block those flyers too. We have other things like Reclamation Sage, Acidic Slime, and Concave Naturalist all in there. Those are all removal on a stick. That's just something you really want. If you go with Acidic Slime, you got Death Touch too. And uh, another recent include is Aura Mutation for... Selesnia, a green and a white, you can, it's an instant that can destroy target enchantment, and then you create X11 green sapling creature tokens, where X is the enchantment's converted mana cost. Yeah, that's that's very strong. That's rare level strong, which it is a rare, it happens to be. Uh, but this is, you know, it's great for those colors, because, you know, Celestia always has been about, you know, destroying something, but also creating a bunch of creatures that you can now attack with, and you just spread out and attack in mass. And, you know, a lot of times the uh, games can swing, and you get down to that very last couple points of damage, and just getting those little guys through can be enough. Yeah. Last one we're going to cover this first section is Treva's Charm, and it costs a band to cast, and it's an instant, and you get to choose one. You can destroy an enchantment, remove target attacking creature from the game, or draw a card, then discard a card from your hand. The options you have with this just make this card great and easy pickup. Yeah. You know, this this uh, goes again with my idea of like, once you get to three colors, it can be a little bit more difficult to cast. However, like you said, all three effects are very powerful in this game. They're going to do something for you every single time. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably a, a, a first pick. So the next is, you know, the anger of the gods, you know, not... Not to mention the actual card, Anger of the Gods, but that's not in Bant, so we're not going to use that one. But uh, there are definitely cards that have that destroy-all uh, effect. 
Uh, the first one uh, I've used a lot in token decks. It's a lot of fun. It's Martial Coup, which is um, X and two white for a sorcery. Put X, one, one white soldier uh, creature tokens into play. If X is five or more, destroy all other creatures. So it can be really great to be able to populate your side of the board and just destroy everything else. I mean, it, it can be rough getting rid of some of your own creatures, but if you're the only one with five one ones, you're probably gonna you're gonna have a few shots in that they that might be the end of the game right there. Very yeah. swingy. Yep. And uh, as it was pointed out in the pre-pod discussion, th- this will likely be cut for a Wrath of the Gods that has the Theros theme to it because why not? It has the Theros theme. <laughs> it should just really be in there. So. It, you know, we're going to talk about it, but it, it's probably getting the axe. Yeah. And the next one we have is another one that has a Theros theming. It is Shatter the Sky. It's two generic and one or two white. And each player who controls a creature with power four or greater draws a card and then destroy all creatures. You want to have some way to wipe the board in this cube, but there comes that time when you just really need to do that, but don't want to have it overabundant. So you have players actually have the agency to build their board and play the game. Right. And that's going to wrap it up for that section. And um, overall, you know, this cube is all about playing the enchantments and getting benefits from playing those enchantments, really digging into that, mythology aspect of it this cube will support two to four players very easily the games are very interactive generally and when you're going with a four-player draft you're going to want to try to probably pick up a two-color pair if you're going with a two-player you're probably going to end up in just all three colors yeah that's that's about it any other thoughts you got there? Yeah, I mean it's uh it's it's a lot of fun. You you've got a lot of cards that double dip. You got the bestow bestow creatures, the enchantment creatures. They are um, you're getting those effects for enchantments that you that are really fun and building on top of each other. Uh, you know there was it was originally when bestow came out there was a picture of what a bestow creature might look like, and it was literally sitting on the shoulders of this guy walking around. And I thought it was just a great image. And every time I think of bestowing an angel on something else, it's just like on its shoulders. And I just thought it was a really funny image. Yeah. But yeah, it's a really fun uh, cube to play. Uh, I do love enchantments. I've got, a, like I said, I have an Earl deck, and then I have the Shrines deck as well for uh, for Commander. It's Enchantments are fun. It's classic magic, you know? It's an enchantment. So uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Hi, this is Uber Bear coming off the sidelines. I hope that this has been a fun, interesting conversation. Uh, we wanted to do a diversity of insight here. We wanted to actually integrate some of our players. Uh, we wanted to pull in Christian being the curator of the Bant Enchantments Cube and Nathan being just a, a pure lover of the idea of Bant Enchantments. So I didn't feel it, uh, frankly, appropriate for me to steal the show in this particular conversation. And I wanted to let these two do the thing that they enjoyed the most. Talk about bestow, talk about consolation, talk about just their passion for bant enchantments in general. So I hope that this has been an interesting and uh, just an immersive learning experience, bringing in the idea of the Iliad and the Odyssey into this, you know, because that is the inspiration for Theros in itself. And it really brings to home the ideas that this cube is trying to express. I will have included in the show notes all of the images of the cards that we have discussed. In addition to, I'll have the link to Christian's Cube. 
and uh, we'll ha- hopefully have Nathan's Cube in the future. Yeah, We're working on this idea. <laughs> but other than that, I wanted to kind of end the show on another quote that I think is just fantastic. Any moment might be our last. Everything is more beautiful because we're doomed. You will never be lovelier than you are now. We will never be here again. Homer, the Iliad. Other than that, this has been a fun show. Thank you to both Christian and Nathan for joining our uh, our little podcast here and giving their insights on this just beautifully curated cube. And if you love the show, and we truly truly hope that you do. We'd appreciate a five-star review on your favorite player. In addition to, you can find us at Twitter at UberCube MTG Pod, or you can reach us at UberCube MTG Podcast at gmail.com, or you can link us on Discord at UberCube, or hashtag UberCube, whatever you choose. And you can also find us on Patreon forward slash UberCube. Other than that, I just want to say the thing we always say here at UberCube is... Happy Cubing! Happy cubing.